Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I am your host for this podcast. Today's titled episode is Better Than a Sharp Stick in the Eye. <laughs> so I also start out every podcast, besides with a title, with a pod quote. And today's quote, I actually have two of them. One is by Audrey Hepburn. As you grow older, you will discover that you have two hands, one for helping yourself, one for helping others. I love that. And the second quote is anonymous. I tried to find out who originally said it, but a lot of different people have quoted it. So I'm just going to share it with you. Somebody asked me what I'm going to do once I reach my goals and make it to the top. I said, I'm going to reach back and help everyone else up too. I love that sentiment. Uh, I hope that most of us do that. We try to help each other through what we've gone through and help them up to where we might hopefully reach one day. I'm going to repeat that for you. Somebody asked me what I'm going to do once I reach my goals and make it to the top. I said, I'm going to reach back and help everyone else up too. So I was visiting a church last week. Gorgeous church, by the way, but also one that's just really overflowing with all kinds of activity. It's not a stagnant church by any means. It's extremely active in local ministries, feeding the homeless, disaster relief, all kinds of things. They also have this huge community center, this, um, well, I guess they call it a fellowship hall, but they use it for the community at large. They have a really large area where they can set up tables. They have a stage at one end and they just let all kinds of people from the community use it. The library, the schools, the government agencies, um, they all use these facilities for meetings and conferences. I think it's terrific, you know, because there are a lot of churches that they won't let anybody who's not a member of their church even enter and allow them to use the facilities without charging them a bunch of money, or they might not let them use it at all because they might stain the carpet or they might scratch a, a piece of wood or they might, you know, something might happen. So instead of opening their doors to the community, they close them off. And in some sense, I can understand they're trying to protect what they've built, but at the same time, that's not having open hearts or open doors to embrace other people and bring people into the church and show them the love of Christ. So I, I was just, just thrilled that this building is used for so many things uh, that are not just church related, but community related, because that's showing people who the body of Christ is and being generous. So like I said, a lot of churches won't let anyone use their building and they keep the building closed off except for Oh, activity, I don't know, two times a week on Sunday and Wednesday. And if it's not on those days, then there's no one there. That's a sad, sad state of reality. Um, but it's true in a lot of places. So anyhow, while I was at this particular church, for a non-church event, by the way, I was in line for the elevator. And I heard the two people in front of me talking. Now, I don't always hone in on someone else's conversation, although if you listen to this podcast very much, you might think that I do. I'm just very observant, and I definitely don't butt in, but I have a pretty good memory most of the time, and so I just kind of hear things, and so I like to observe, and I am definitely one who likes to observe human nature and people in um, just the middle of life, and I find it fascinating, I find it sometimes beautiful and touching and sometimes overwhelming and sad. Um, like I said, I don't always hone in on anyone's conversation, but it is a bit difficult not to overhear them, especially 
if someone is being fairly loud and they're standing right in front of you. And I'm not the only person in the building who might have had ringing in their ears from standing too close, um, if you know what I mean, because there was one of these people who was extremely loud. And if you listen to any number of the podcasts again, you'll, you'll know that I'm fairly observant, even if someone isn't loud. Anyhow, one of the men in front of me said to the other man, you know, I just can't believe he quit his job and expected to find one that pays as well as old, his old job. And now he's hopping from job to job to job. It seems like he's going through a midlife crisis or something. We won't, he won't listen to anyone. And I think he's going to crash and burn. So the second man whom I'll call Harry, because frankly, he had a hairy face. <laughs> so if I didn't know better, I'd say he was a mix between an Amish person and a biker, maybe an Amish biker or something. But he definitely had that look. So anyway, Harry says to this other man, yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes it's hard to get through to others, but then again, I can't say anything. I've been there. I have no right to tell him anything because I did the same thing. I learned the hard way when I almost lost it all. So I can't say a thing. Okay. Now I'm not sure about you, but I hear this phrase often. In fact, I feel like I hear it more and more and more, or I'm just more in tune to it because it bothers me so much. But that phrase of, I can't say anything, I've been there myself. Now, when I was a youth pastor and we'd have parent meetings, there was inevitably one parent at every single meeting who would come out with the whole, I can't say anything. I was the same way when I was his age, or I can't point fingers and tell her not to. I did the same thing and worse when I was her age. Sometimes I just look at those parents and think, oh, oh, God in heaven, whatever it is they did, please don't let them share it. Please don't let them share it with anybody in this room. I don't want to hear the details and I don't want to know. <laughs> so, but the youth pastor does not need that kind of information on parents of the youth. I just don't, I don't need, to, I don't need to have to know that information. And I'm not really sure the youth need to know the details if they did something worse than some of the things that I had to witness in, in being a youth pastor. But I should have started out each meeting by saying something like anything you say or can do will be used against you, especially when you try to ground your child from church because he or she didn't do what you were, they were supposed to do as a you know, as a child and you didn't do what you're supposed to do as a parent. <laughs> but that's just some of the woes of being a youth pastor. I think over time I came to realize that while I loved working with youth, I was far better suited working with adults and serving senior citizens instead of seniors in high school. But okay, I, I digress there. So let me get this straight. For the parents and for anyone who says this phrase that I don't like, I can't say anything because... I've done similar. I can't say anything because I've done worse. Because you did something you felt bad about, or maybe still feel bad about, you won't say anything to anyone else who is stupidly doing the same thing that you regretted doing? Mm, let me think about that a second. Okay, a quick second, a millisecond, because that's about all the time this idea deserves. Let me spell it out for you, my dear friends. The very reason you can say something is because you have been through it. The very reason you should say something is because you went through it and came out the other side. You had to have learned lessons or lived regret and hopefully sought forgiveness. You've had guidance and redirection from whatever it is that you think you can't say anything about because here you are standing here 
Here you are living to tell the story of it. And here you are even in a church or, or having a discussion about the fact that you have enough wisdom to know that what they're going through or what they're doing is not the right thing. So not only can you say something about it, but you have a responsibility to. Now, I know, especially in today's culture, people have been taught and groomed to be ultra sensitive about, about telling what, um, telling others what to do and how to live. Okay. Nobody wants to hear, uh, you must do this or you must do that from another human being. There's a sign though at, uh, one of the state office buildings near where I work. Um, and it reads, advice free zone what you think is great and while i do agree you don't want someone being pushy and throwing their ideas at you as if their thoughts are the only right ones or their opinion is the only one that matters especially if you haven't asked for their advice however advice comes from the word advise advise means ready to give someone a recommendation to caution to warn to consult and inform. Okay, I don't know about you, but when someone gives me advice in a kind manner, in a manner that shows me that they truly care enough to take the time to give me advice, I usually want to hear it. Again, I don't need the pushy person laying out my life and telling me what they think I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong, especially if they just want to get into my business or assert some form of control. But a bit of knowledge, some caution, some additional information shared with me that maybe I need to know that I don't know from someone who has been there and done that, absolutely, bring it on, share it with me, impart some wisdom on me for goodness sakes, because the Lord really knows that there are times I have no wisdom and I need it. I think the sign of the building should say, know-it-all free zone, <laughs> not advice free zone, know-it-all free zone, but Advice, sage wisdom, and direction freely accepted. Thank you. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And Proverbs 24, 6 says, For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. I think we have a dual problem going on in this world when it comes to advice and shared knowledge. There are those who refuse advisement from anyone else because it offends them. How dare someone give me advice? How dare they insinuate I don't know what I'm doing? And at the other end of the spectrum are the people who think they can't impart a bit of sage advice or wisdom for fear they might offend someone else. Well, and as usual, I'll be frank here, there's also probably that little percentage of people, and maybe it's not so little, who won't share their wisdom and knowledge because they're afraid to. So let's go back to Harry at the elevator. If he decided he could say something to this man they were talking about, he'd have to actually maybe dig a little deep. He'd have to bear a bit of his soul and his past and his history to tell his story to this guy. So this guy knows that he's not a hypocrite, that he's actually coming to him and maybe has a little bit of knowledge about what he's talking about. He'd have to share his own mistakes, maybe his failures, his own trauma, and how he was able to rebound from them and walk in victory. He'd have to say more than, hey, been there, I almost lost it all, because he wouldn't be listened to. And not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone wants to dig that deep or open themselves up to the pain and 
I'm going to say here, responsibility of sharing something real, something deep or life changing with somebody else. I do it all the time. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I am more of an open book than probably my husband wishes I would be. (laughs) I am an extremely open person, whether people want me to be or not. I have had, um, more than one life and death experience. Um, I don't feel like I have anything to lose. This is it people. This is life. I, I get this one life to live. I get this one life to help others, to make an impression. I have no reason to be anything but down to earth, to be anything but me, to be anything but authentic, whether I'm liked or loved or hated or abhorred or, or people just are turned off by it. This is who I am. And I know with all my heart that I'm called to just share everything that I can about what I've gone through because it might help somebody else because it might show them a little glimpse of Jesus. It's not easy. It's not easy for most people, but it really is what we're called to do. We aren't called to have victory in something and then keep the celebration to ourselves. We're supposed to glorify God for it and help bring someone else through what we've been through. You know, a lot of times we can't help someone through something we haven't been through or something we don't know at least a little bit of something about. So we have to dig deep or maybe expose a little part of ourselves that we're not comfortable exposing or we don't really know how to do, but God will show you how to do it. Second Corinthians one, four talks about how when God comforts us, we should then also comfort others with that same kind of comfort we received from him. The good news Bible says he helps us in all our troubles so that we are able to help others who have all kinds of troubles using the same kind of help that we ourselves have received from God. What have you been through that God has just reached his hand down and pulled you through or lifted you up out of or shook you and woke you up from? What if Harry had said, man, I heard he was going through this. I've been there. I think I'll reach out to him and see if he'll talk with me and pray with me instead of deciding that he can't instead of deciding he wasn't good enough in some way to reach out to another person in need. What if Harry, um, actually put himself out there or, or instead of feeling that he couldn't, or that there wasn't any way that he could. I mean, it seems to me, I got the feeling like just from hearing that little snippet of a conversation that he said, felt like it wasn't any of his business. I believe when it comes to the body of Christ, we also have it ingrained in us that we can't advise anyone else for fear we be taken as a hypocrite because that's where Harry was coming from, right? God forbid he gives someone else some sage advice and what he hopes is wisdom on their journey because, oh no, he can't because church in the body of Christ and our culture says that he would look like a hypocrite because he would have to admit he's committed the same sin in his own past. He's made the same mistakes. So that makes him hypocrite, right? No, it doesn't. And again, I say, no, it doesn't. It's a great idea. Important because it's a, it's a great idea to understand It's important, let me say, not a great idea. It's important for us to understand that we should work hard not to be hypocritical. We don't want to act like hypocrites because that message doesn't sit well. It doesn't let people look at Christians and go, oh, 
I want what they have, or I want to know more about Jesus. No, because we already have a label of being hypocritical because a lot of people don't understand much about the Bible and they just see who we are. They think that Christians just tell people how to act and then act whatever way they want. But that's, that's not true. That's not true with the majority of Christians that I know. It is not hypocritical to give someone else advice or share your wisdom and your experience with them. Oftentimes we misapply this concept from the Bible. So I ask the question, how is it hypocritical to help someone through something if you've already been there, done that, and come out the other side? It's not. It would be hypocritical if Harry decided to tell this guy what to do, advise him on making a change in his life, if Harry were still currently in the same position and hadn't done anything to get himself out of it. So if Harry were just spouting off some platitudes and Bible verses and things that sounded good and sounded Christian, quoting scripture that he obviously didn't apply to his own life, then yes, that's hypocritical. But the fact that Harry, he even said to himself, went through it, And he came out the other side and he said he learned the hard way, but he obviously learned that he said he once was there means he'd already been there, done that. He almost lost it all. Well, that qualifies him to speak on this subject, does it not? That doesn't mean he's a hypocrite, but he still has to put himself out there and say, hey, I've been there, done that, done meaning past, not in the present That does not make him a hypocrite. When someone proclaims, I can't say anything. I did that myself. Been there, done that. So it would be hypocritical of me to say anything. I just have to cry foul. Wrong. Don't listen to the world. Don't listen to Satan. The last thing that evil wants is for people to actually reach out and help others in the name of Christ. Evil would rather we get caught up in how things look or be afraid to speak out because it might look poorly on us or someone might call us a hypocrite. Uh, Evil doesn't want us to reach back and snatch someone right out of the middle of their pain and redirect them into their purpose. I've heard many people quote from Matthew 7 about being a hypocrite. Of course, it's usually directed at someone else, not themselves, right? (laughs) But Matthew 7 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. you. So why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So think about it a minute. This is telling us that we do have a responsibility and the ability to help someone remove the speck from their eye. Only that's not what everyone focuses on. If indeed we've gone through something and come through the other side, and are we not then responsible for helping someone else through the same thing? Let's look at it again. Because this scripture says, first, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Yes, exactly. Once you have that big plank out of your eye from whatever you've done, from whatever you've been through, where you can't see clearly, once you've moved through, 
past it out of whatever it is that weighed you down and kept you from God's path and kept you from seeing clearly, then you can help someone else through it. Then you can reach back and help remove that speck from somebody else's eye. If I have a particular behavior or I had a, uh, no longer have it because I worked hard to remove it, then I'm not a hypocrite. If I try to advise someone else in their life who has the same issue or that same behavior and that same problem that I had, if I do it in love and I do it because I can identify with it because I've been there, done that. I've lived through it. I wrote the book on it. I proclaimed I have victory in it. I printed up the t-shirts. I sold tickets to the after party. Well, then I'm allowed to help someone else. I'm allowed to help them through so I can celebrate with them and glorify God in it too. If I do it because I don't want someone else to have the same kind of difficulties I had or live with that same maybe heavy consequences of those same poor actions that I had, then isn't that the right way and the right reason to help someone with that speck in their eye? And as a sister or brother in Christ, don't we have that responsibility to shout out to them and say, Hey, I think you're heading in the wrong direction or Hey, I think you need to check your behavior, but say it in a way that's responsible, that's loving, that's kind, that shares our wisdom. Because whether you believe it or not, you do have some wisdom in you. If you're listening to this, you've probably been there, done that with a lot of different things, and you have some wisdom that you can share with somebody else. Maybe shouting out isn't always the best mode of communicating with someone, especially if they're in a tough spot. Maybe just a whisper or a one-on-one -on -one quiet conversation. Those might be a bit better, but hey, some people do respond better to a wake-up shout than a little sweet, tiny whisper. Some of the problems in the world right now, I think, have been created because we stopped giving advice and sharing wisdom on a personal level in a loving, Christ-like way. I think for a few decades, we stopped doing this altogether. Our culture, our culture has learned to rely on feedback and advice, self-help, quasi-wisdom, and knowledge from the internet. Apps on our phones, ebooks, talk shows, blogs, and YouTube. That's where we're getting our advice and our so-called wisdom. When in reality, what we need is connection. Personal, spiritual, prophetic accountability and stability that comes from face-to-face -face interpersonal communication. The kind of praying together, sipping coffee together and chatting, holding hands, comforting each other, looking someone in the eye and communicating something that can only be communicated in person. That that thing that you see in someone else's eye that you know you're not alone and that someone else gets it. Without this, so many people have not been helped over the past 10 years, 20 years. They're falling into a world of everything and anything goes. Nothing is wrong. Don't, don't label it, but yet let's label it. That's the mantra. That's what's being spewed at us. In some ways, gone are the days of lovingly confronting one another and helping hold each other accountable. Instead, people live in a world of secrecy behind screens and devices, afraid of front, port, front porch sitting and talking over fences or joining in small groups at church, afraid of creating relationships that afford us the ability to help each other get the specks out of our eyes. You know, my dad used to have this saying, oh, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye. <laughs> I'm sure some of you probably heard that. Some of you might not have. Dad had lots of sayings. But when someone would complain about the silliest little thing, he'd say, well, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye. Well, confronting someone and coming alongside them 
helping them with that small speck is far better than allowing them to get a sharp stick in the eye because of mistakes that they made. Squashing our own fears of opening up and being vulnerable or getting real about who we are and what we've been through so we can help someone else, that's far better than a sharp stick in the eye or watching someone else get a sharp stick in the eye. If I do have a plank in my own eye and I'm being hypocritical, then that's on me and hopefully I'll learn from it. I don't, I shouldn't be spewing things at other people if I have that plank in my eye over that particular thing. And that's on me. And hopefully, you know, I would understand that at some point or someone would tell me, Hey, you know, you got to deal with this thing. But if nobody ever does, then I'm going to go on with that plank in my eye. Right. We all have times we don't see clearly, but again, if that's the case, then I might need someone else to point out that plank is in my eye and help me remove it because then in turn, I might be able to then help someone else in the future. See how pretty that cycle would be. <laughs> one helps one and that person helps another and that person helps another and that person helps another. How consequential would it be to the body of Christ if we started doing this more often? To peacefully, respectfully, in a life-giving, loving way. And for people to see that we are all different yet all the same. We all fall. We all make mistakes. We all need help now and then. There's a quote from uh, the old book called Jesus Freaks by DC Talk. And I quote it occasionally when I'm speaking in um, to women's groups and in, also in um, at retreats and things like that about forming accountability groups. Because there are a lot of churches that no longer have accountability groups either. Um, so I'm going to share that quote with you. It, here it goes. Ready? There is a time to be quiet, but there is also a time to speak out. If a friend is not looking and about to trip over something in her path, is it not only natural for us to shout out and warn her before she hurts herself? How much more should we yell if she is casually on her way to hell and has no idea there's something better? So when you reach down and you help someone else up or you shout out to them and say, Hey, I see you. I know what you're going through. Let me help you. And you can look at them in the face, eye to eye, face to face. It not only changes them, but it changes you. It not only helps them, but it glorifies God. I encourage you to make sure that you can see through the eyes of your spirit and not a plank. <laughs> I encourage you to make sure that what you see is the light of Jesus and his strength, his grace, his boldness. And that if you're able to see through those eyes, then others will then be able to see his light, Jesus's light, his strength, his grace, and his boldness in you. And that boldness to be brave, to be an open book and help someone else along their path in the same way that he has helped you or put someone in your life to help you. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast and this episode, Better Than a Sharp Stick in the Eye. I hope that you will like, follow, and share this. And you can find me on Instagram at One Woman Inspired. That's the number one, followed by Woman Inspired. I greatly appreciate it. Have a blessed day.